Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. I'm Mark Francis, once again, your host for today. And these last couple of weeks that we've had for our Fellowship family podcast here, these episodes have been special, having um, people from out of town, out of the country visit us, where we've been able to see how we've got a chance to impact their lives and how they impact our lives and overflow into each other as a global church community. Well, throughout this entire focus of overflow, we've talked about how we can pour out God's love to people in our families, to people in our local church, and now we've heard the global church. We're going to turn a corner here and start having conversations about how we can overflow to people around us, our community, our neighbors. And I have a couple here with us who attend Fellowship Bible Church, who you've got some really cool stories and I want to hear about. This is Tim and Angie LeMay. How are you guys? Good. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for being here. You know, I know being in this room with the bright lights and the microphone <laughs> is never easy. No. So we will make this very easy and comfortable. So feel free to talk freely. Okay. okay. We want to hear about you guys. Right. So I, I, before we started recording, I know we talked about how long have you been coming to Fellowship Bible Church? It's always a question that is unsure. Did you guys kind of solidify how long you've been yeah. coming to Fellowship Bible Church? Yes. yes. So give us, give us the story and the history behind you guys finding this home of Fellowship Bible Church. Can we do it? Yeah. Okay. We've been here 17 years. Yeah. Um, we uh, previously lived in, in this area when we first got married and moved away. Um, and when we left the Winchester area, we said, if we ever move back, we're going to that church. Really? Yes, yeah. to Fellowship Bible Church. And so, so before you hadn't been attending. Right. You, know, you had your eyes on it and then you mm -hmm. moved that. Where did you guys move to? Lynchburg. Yeah? Yeah. So stayed in the state, just yes. a little, little ways down the road. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then what drew you back to town? Tim's job. Yeah. And what do you do for work, Tim? I'm an automotive technician. Automotive technician. Yes. And you've had the same job? Since you guys moved back, or do you have you bounced around from place to place? I've bounced around. I ran a shop over in Luray for about five years, hmm. and then I started working in Manassas for a year, and then I got recruited to go to work at CarMax. Okay, and I've been there for seventeen years. That's a great gig, then, if you can it stay is. at one spot for seventeen years. Yep. We moved from Luray to Stephen City. Uh huh. And that's when we started going right right when we got yeah. here. We started right from the get-go. That's great. Yeah. So you do have a little bit of a commute to, oh, to yeah. go back and forth <laughs> <laughs> to get to work. <laughs> Talking about the struggles of traffic, I'm, I can appreciate that. It was a struggle tonight. Yeah, it's a struggle. Well, so Angie, tell me about yourself. Um, you know, you have a job, you have a yes. career now as well, but mm -hmm. through those 17 years, it's been a little different. What have you... Right. Been when we doing. first moved here, we um, I stayed home. Mm -hmm. We homeschooled our kids um, all th all the way through um, elementary and high school. Um, and when our youngest Drew um, went to school, then I started working here at the church. Mm. I worked here five years for children's and youth, mm -hmm. and then I've recently um, started working uh, for Integrity Home Mortgage. A lender in town? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, we were very sad to see you leave Fellowship Bible Church. Yes. Yes. It, it I'm sure many <laughs> miss you still. Just the, the administrative qualities that you have are amazing. Thank so you. the children's ministry isn't the same, but we've got good replacements Absolutely. behind you. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. But yes. it takes, it's kind of, you've seen some of the inner workings of our church by mm -hmm. working here. 
tell me more about maybe how you guys have served together in the church as a, as a couple. What have you guys done over the years here at Fellowship Bible Church? When we first uh, moved here, we got involved in children's ministry right away. Mm -hmm. We met Charlie and Sharon and fell in love with them. And um, our kids were in fourth grade and kindergarten. And our girls literally fell in love with Charlie mm. and Sharon. Um, I, we would They would consider them as second grandparents. Yeah. So we started uh, serving in kindergarten first and second in the summers. And mm -hmm. we did that for about probably 12 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That is, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, but it, it gave it gave uh, the Sunday school teachers during the school year a break. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And about 12 weeks of it, right? Yeah. Every and then summer. recently there was a wedding that occurred. Yes. yes. Tell yes. us about that. How did <laughs> how did that go? And not your wedding. <laughs> right. But one of your girls yes. got married. Um, Ashley uh, married Ben Sanford, who is an employee here. Yeah. Um, they met a year ago here at church in Keystone. Um and we've had them off. on before so yeah that's true you're getting a yeah. chance to get this side of the story See what they felt like uh -huh. sitting yeah. here yeah um but they hit it off and um we love ben yep. yes that's a good thing yes we do he's he's great but i i only bring that up because you were talking about pastor charlie and and he was involved in the wedding yes and the I could tell the grandparent or parental kind of yes. love that was going on there with Ashley and how she would, the stories of growing up. There's this whole generational component that there is. Fellowship Bible Church is now really realizing uh, being around for 40 plus years now. Yes, there is a component of kids have been raised in this church and they are now becoming adults and right. are adults and are right. serving. I mean, look at. Caleb Pearson. We'll Absolutely. call him out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Look yeah. at the McManical kids. Yeah. There's plenty of different families, and you guys are now one of those families where yes. there's been discipleship happening yes. in the home. Absolutely. So before we get to this concept of overflowing to the world around us, I really think that it makes sense to talk about the home, to talk about really the the love for the Lord that you guys have and and how that overflowed into your children and how then that works within the church before really it gets out of these walls. So give me your own personal story and testimony of how each of you came to know the Lord. I think that's that's an important component to this story. You go ahead. Tim, you get to go first. <laughs> I, I became a believer at the age of 20. Hmm. I, I had a, a tough time of it before I got saved, hmm. but I... I once I became a believer, I was um, definitely committed and really wanted to to follow God and mm -hmm. try to unlearn a lot of the stuff that I had learned growing up. Well, it doesn't happen overnight. No, yeah, it didn't for me. Yeah, it's and still it, happening. Well, of course, <laughs> you know, and I think people—that's kind of a little misconception there—that people think, "Oh, you you come to Jesus, and all of a sudden, instantly, all of the oh no, all the past things just no, disappear." No. Doesn't happen. They so didn't. how did you come to know who God is and understand the gospel when you were 20? What what influences were there at, at that time for you? That's a good question. I, I was raised in church and that had a big impact. But the biggest impact when I look back was Angie's dad. He had hmm. a teen Bible study that he ran in Fort Valley. When 
I was in in high, junior high. I high mean, school. Uh, high school, junior, senior, mm-hmm. and we would just go over there, hmm. and that was the first time, like everything that he said was crystal clear. I understood it. I didn't believe it at the time. I didn't want to believe it at the time, but I knew that what he was saying was the truth. Hmm. And I look at I I I have told him he's my spiritual father. That's cool. Yeah. He was definitely instrumental in my salvation. Yeah. So that goes to then, Angie, I, I got to look at you. And so you guys have known each other for a while. Long time. Right. We were 16 and 17 when we met. When you met. And yes. then how old were you guys when you got married? 22. 22. Wow. Yeah. So you, you knew each other for a good four or five years. Yes. As friends growing really up. Really good friends. Dating yeah. together. Oh, very good mm-hmm. So you had this guy over at your house every now and then for your dad to... Yeah. Influence him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. To be on you. Yeah. What did that look like from your perspective? How did you come to know the Lord? We, I, I came to know the Lord um, as a very, in a very early age. I was almost five. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents, my dad was in, went to seminary and then um, became a pastor. Um, and I remember my earliest memories um, in the evenings, you know, of having Bible story time or d- family devotions and then praying for people um, in our family that we weren't sure were believers mm-hmm. or um, neighbors or friends that weren't believers. I don't remember not knowing that. And I just remember coming home from Awana one Wednesday night. Um, like I said, I was almost five years old. And it just dawned on me as we were coming home from church that um, I needed hmm. to put my faith in Jesus. It wasn't something that I could just pray for someone else to do, that mm-hmm. I needed um, to have Jesus as my personal Savior. Hmm. Making so, it personalized, even as, yes. a, as a kid. Yes, I was really some little. some sort of yes. light bulb moment where you realize, okay, that's not just a story. That's people. not just for other people. It's mm-hmm. for me. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. So now you guys are married and you start having kids and you're now imparting and pouring into the lives of girls. So from your perspective, what did that look like of your family and your household and how they came to know the Lord as, as kids growing up in your house? Well, we raised them pretty much the way um, I grew up. Um, we, we just lived as much as we knew how we just lived it out daily you know, um, by the time they were two, they could, you know, sing uh, Sunday school songs. They knew stories. Um, Tim acted out Bible stories with them. Oh, I need to see that. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one of their favorite stories was, you know, um, the 10 plagues. And Tim acted out every plague with them in the backyard. At three, they knew every one. And so just making it fun and, yeah. and real. Um, at a very early age. Yeah. Um, Do you remember when they kind of had that moment, their light bulb moment as yes, girls? Yes, they were probably um, in first grade, I think. Yeah. And you say first grade because there's two of them. There's, there's two, two of them. Yes. And it was at different times. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They were here at the same time. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. Okay. But just, yes. Just wanted to clarify. Yes. Yeah. But they, they <laughs> believed at different times, but they were both. It was about... The age of five or six years yeah. old. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, at an early age. And then our son, um, Drew, was probably later, about seven or eight, but mm-hmm. still young. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. just over the years, has 
been the biggest impact in your lives being here at Fellowship Bible Church? Um, you know, what what influences have shaped your growth mm. to get you to this point of where you are today? Mm. For me, it's been the approach that they take with the scripture. Mm. It's the whole the whole word, mm-hmm. how it all interacts and interconnects and it's not a piece here and a piece there and it has it has totally changed the way i approach it and how i study it and understand it Mm. how that it's all connected and it has it has really helped me in understanding things better and and just it has cleared up some questions that i had it's really digging into biblical exposition and, and teaching yeah sitting under the under the teachers that we've had like mm. mark and don and um john morrison john morrison mm-hmm. especially watching john morrison and and i have watched him for years yeah yeah i've really come to appreciate him yeah uh, bob leonard mm-hmm. adult we've learning center a really a lot of opportunities in the um adult learning centers yeah mm-hmm and Good for guys. you, Angie, kind of what what has God taught you over the years of being I would, here? I would say the same thing that Tim said, just um, digging into the word verse by verse, really understanding, you know, what it says and how it is meant to impact our lives daily. Um, uh, one of the core values of the church is discipleship. And um, I know that's still very important um, to the elders and uh, to the pastors here. Um but I do feel like that in every aspect of our life, and it has changed over the last 17 years, that we were discipled and that our family was discipled, that our children mm-hmm. were discipled. Mm-hmm. Um, like you you mentioned the wedding and mm-hmm. the impact that Charlie has had on our kids. Yeah. He walked through many things with us when they were younger. Um, and then the youth department, John Avery, and all three of our kids had... Um, youth leaders that met with them one-on-one hmm. all through high school and discipled them. Um, and they had good youth uh, helpers. Yes. Yes. And their lead, their, their personal leaders discipled them. Um, yeah. Drew had a, a leader that met with Same. him every week. Oh um, yeah. Bo Hutchinson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said Drew, cause you have a son also. Yes, Drew. Yeah, don't, don't want to leave him no. out. <laughs> um, and Lauren and Ashley, um, their small group leader, um, met with them weekly, even after high school. Mm, that's right, she did. Yeah. So um, just to have people in the church that poured into our kids mm-hmm. um, and into us, um, like you mentioned, Don and Patty and um, Mark's teaching and John Morrison's teaching and Charlie and Sharon, and then people that we've served with, yeah. you know, in community groups and um it takes a whole church. Yeah. And thanks for sharing because I think it's it's important for us watching and listening to you, kind of hearing your story. You know, everybody has their own personal story of their own growth, how they came to know the Lord. Being a part of our local church, I think, is important as well. Mm-hmm. Because as as you're doing that together with other people, there's a camaraderie and there's mm-hmm. this family-like atmosphere. Even as the church grows, mm-hmm. you know, we we can feel this sense of, okay, we're a part of something. And And doing that then causes us to, I think, just have this natural 
uh, use the word overflow to say, okay, who else around us, you know, needs to hear this good mm -hmm. news? Who else around us can, can I help impact? And so tell the story as we hear kind of this reaching out of our own walls. When you first heard of this idea called light up the night, <laughs> that, that is something that has been around our church for a few years now. Mm -hmm. And, but I remember one of the first times that we first launched this thing. I'm like, that's a really cool and crazy idea. And so walk us through the idea that probably came from the local outreach ministry and Scott Santmeyer mm -hmm. of this idea of taking Halloween mm -hmm. and turning it into something that allows us to share the gospel to those around us. When you first heard of Light of the Night, what did you think? Go ahead. It was hard for me to... Uh, it was hard at first to think that you could use Halloween as an outreach. Mm. Um, we, I, I grew up trick-or-treating and then uh, my dad became a believer and we stopped. And um, so when Scott came up with the idea, I, I, I was willing to do it, but I had reservations. Because of what the... The, the holiday represents because of just the what it can represent yes yeah but we we went forward with it um we started doing it when we lived at lakeside and the response was amazing so walk us through i don't know how many years ago this was maybe you do or maybe you don't yeah. but at well, least maybe more I, I feel like that it's been several years since yeah. 10 or 12 years since yeah. we've been doing this kind of outreach when you first did it, maybe as it grew and evolved from year to year to year, what happens at your house on Halloween? Paint a picture. I mean, I all know, we all know what trick-or-treating looks like, but when they came to your house, what did those kids and families experience? We set it up differently. We just, we decorate with pumpkins and um, a lot of like picnic. It's like stuff. a fall festival. Yeah, like a fall festival. Okay. Uh -huh. We have a sign out front, but we have usually four or five different games. Mm -hmm. Every game, it's um, play a game, get a piece of candy. And it doesn't matter how many times you play. Stick around, keep getting more candy. Around, you can go through the loop. You can, we have uh, pumpkin tic-tac-toe. We have pumpkin putt. Um, we have a little basketball goal. Just easy games. Uh -huh. The kids love it. Yeah. We light, uh, the perimeter of our driveway is lit up with uh, hanging lights. Okay. And then I have two 500 watt um, floodlights that are on poles. So we are literally. So you're literally lighting uh, up the yes. night. Yes. Yes. Being the light in the yes, dark community, the, the dark holiday. Yes. And, and I'm, I got it. I have a similar background with you. I mean, my parents did not let us trick or treat. There is the stigma in my mind is still that this is just something that you stay away from. Mm -hmm. I remember specifically my parents not letting us go to the door to not let us see oh, yeah. the costumes of the other kids that were in the neighborhood. I mean, that's that's the level that I would I would grew up in. Mm -hmm. So I understand the reservation <laughs> of saying, yeah. how can I participate in that? But flipping it on its head, making it a, an experience and a destination mm -hmm. for the neighborhood mm -hmm. to, to say, I mean, we just experienced Halloween a couple weeks ago and they're at my house and they come and they go. You know, and, and I've that this model, this idea of bringing them to your house and 
almost not keeping them there hostage, but mm -hmm. they're having fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're coming to your door. Yes. These are neighbors. These are friends of yours, kids that you might know. How do you then equate Christ and, and add that level of the gospel to just passing out candy? Well, every year uh, we added more and more um, to, to our light of the night. Um, we started out with candy and games. Um, and then we started adding hot chocolate, hot cider, um, s'mores. We have a fire pit, so we added s'mores um, probably about five years ago. Then we added hot dogs. Um, and then um, the more we did... It, it drew people because they could not understand. <laughs> why are you giving us this? Why are you yeah. doing this? Wow. You know, and so um, we give the card out that uh, shares the gospel. Um, for those that don't know, on one side, it, it tells us how we are a lot like the inside of a pumpkin. Hmm. We are a mess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without God. And um, so it shares the plan of salvation on one side of the card that uh, Scott produces. Then the other side, we get to invite people to follow the star, hmm. which, you know, we love follow the star. Yes. We'll get um, to that in a little bit. Yes. yes. So um, it gives us an opportunity because they are so blown away um, by what, you know, we're, we're giving away and uh, the atmosphere um, that they are willing to take They're these cards willing. and willing to, you know, to for us to share with them. That's cool. Um, and we, over the years, we have, we We've had people come back year after year after year, and uh, now people just stay. They sit. So it's turned into a party. It yes. has. It's a party. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, you keep upping the bar. I mean, if you yeah. get candied and then s'mores and hot dogs, it is, that's, and drinks, that's a whole yes. night. Yeah. So what's one story that really stands out over the years of you doing this, uh, where oh. you've, you've experienced just, wow, there was a... A moment where there's a breakthrough or you found a neighbor in a conversation what is there something that stood out for me it was this year hmm. um i was people were very receptive more than they've ever been hmm. when i uh, would ask them if they'd gotten one of our flyers yet and three people asked me I said are you, are you one of the pastors at fbc hmm. i said no <laughs> no i'm i'm not and um a lot of them had been to the Follow the Star, and they, they told me they were going again. They didn't even know we were going to have it because mm. of COVID. Yeah, right. Um, and then one lady said, you know, I was thinking about going there to FBC and asked me about it. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say for me, it was um, when we moved um, four years ago and we left our old neighborhood, um, one of our neighbors on the cul-de-sac over um, was really sad. Hmm. to see us go. And um, he he actually said, who's going to be the light in our oh. neighborhood? And yeah. you don't realize, um, you know, I've heard Don say so many times, we won't know until we get to heaven, right. you know, whose lives we've impacted. Um, so that meant, I mean, that was, that was huge for us, hmm. you know, to, for him to say, who's going to be the light when yeah. you leave? Yeah. Um, it almost kept us from moving, but. Um, I feel like we still have that uh, same opportunity in our new neighborhood, especially this year. We had so many people. Um, Tim gave um, 92, I think. 92 flyers. 
Um, well, God knew that you had to move on to another neighborhood. Right. There's more, more, <laughs> more people, people doing right that. People. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we had, this year was a great year. It was. It was a great year. It was hmm. very, yeah. I was really. Yeah. And great weather. Yeah. Yes. So that yeah. plays a part in. And in we've had people also. help us. So many people have yeah. helped us over the we years. The babers. and that we. Yeah. That help every year. The cool. So you're recruiting and, other oh, FBC people yes. to oh, yes. say, we'll host it yes. and come provide yeah. the candy and the s'more stuff. Yes. And Your only out is you have to have grandchildren that you are taking. Oh, okay. <laughs> then you can <laughs> help us. Then you can do it. Yeah. Ron Duan's aged out with grandbabies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They've this helped. Was, yes. Yeah, they've always showed yeah. they help every year. Yeah. Well, one of the, the primary purpose of this three-month focus for our church called Overflow is to put the emphasis on the biblical passages of the one and others. Mm. And I'm hearing over and over this idea of being hospitable to one another mm. is what you guys really sense out of uh, doing Light of the Night is just showing love mm -hmm. through hosting mm -hmm. something for your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. In your own words, why do you do Light of the Night? Mm. I do it. Um, I was telling Angie, it's um, it's a to create an opportunity to give them a, a, the gospel in the form of a track, and um, to overcome any kind of hesitancy with them, and to also to invite them to follow the star, hmm. where they're going to hear it from start to finish, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it it's. And then, I mean, everybody seems to be very guarded anymore. Hmm. And this really helps mm -hmm. take their guard down. We're yep. genuine. We don't have to take the flyer, but. And it's relationship building too. It is. I mean, you're hanging People out at your house. You're throwing a big party. Yes. I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of that? Right. You can engage conversations with people that you know or don't even know. Mm -hmm. And they're your neighbors. And all for the purpose of. Very disarming. Yes. Presenting very, the gospel. Yes. Why, why would you say I would you say, do it? Yeah, the, the same. And just to see the look yeah. on their faces. Um, and especially in the last four years, people have become more and more reserved. And um, to watch them walk up, you know, very carefully, very guarded. Um, and it's an opportunity for us to show love mm. in a world where we don't see it very often anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's... It's an outpouring of Christ's love, and it's because we love Him, and therefore we love them. Yeah, and we want them to know that. And um, just it, it's a small way to be able to show them that, and then you can visibly see the change in their face. Yeah, yeah. And I know you guys are humble. This is not about bragging about what you guys do, but I, no. I know from knowing you guys and hearing your heart and your stories of, you know, how you came to know the Lord to then your family and your kids and then being a part of our church and then saying, okay, this is just, just natural. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how can we share God's love to people around right. us? And, you know, that's, it's, yeah, being hospitable and showing love to others in the world around us, I think is something we don't do enough of, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's something that we might say, oh, I can't do that. Or this is too scary, you know, kind of, Tim, you're like, I don't want to be a part of this Halloween thing. <laughs> we grew into it. Yeah. It was right. We grew into it. Right. We we accepted the, the challenge and we just learned as we went. So what would you say to somebody who's listening or watching that is, you know, tipping over the edge of thinking, okay, I feel God pushing me in this direction to talk to my neighbor or pushing me in this direction to 
just show love or be hospitable to somebody, but I haven't quite done it yet. What's what's that push over the edge to say, do it? There are easy, uh, light of the night is an easy way um, that the church has given us an opportunity, you know, with the idea of doing that. Um, follow the star, inviting them to follow the star, um, uh, inviting them over after if they come to follow the star with you and then inviting them back to your home for you know, dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think that's a great opportunity. We've never been able to do that because we're here. But um, another great opportunity with Christmas coming up is just to make cookies and you can yeah. get your kids involved and make cookies for all of your neighbors and give them a, a Christmas, a Christmas or track. Or and invite them to Christmas Eve service. Yes. Or church had put out before. And yeah. Like and and I'll, I'll say this too, because it goes without being said is that, you know, you can invite people to church, but there's also just the conversations that you can have on the mm-hmm. doorstep mm-hmm. of, you know, somebody might say, well, why are you doing this? I say, because I know God loves you. I mean, yeah. I, I'm just off the cuff, just talking, Absolutely, but like, yeah. how can, you know, we use these everyday situations to engage the people that live near us, mm-hmm. <laughs> our neighbors or anybody else, our coworkers, or if you're in school or, you know, classmates or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. To how do we think strategically of, you know, where's their relationship with God? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if if they died today, like, mm-hmm. where would they be going? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to get dark and grim with them. But no, it, you, there's there's that motivation right, right. there yes. that we all have um, because Absolutely. we know what God has done for us so we can share it to others. You've mentioned follow the star a couple of times. So <laughs> you, I, you guys are do a lot in behind the scenes for follow the star. Just ballpark. Tell us what that looks like for you guys over the last many years serving, because I know that's a big passion of yours also, because that is the biggest outreach event that our church puts on. Light of the Night is something that's done in neighborhoods. This Mm -hmm. is something that's done churchwide. And you guys are part of that because of your passion for others as well. So what is your involvement with Follow the Star? Mine is logistics yes the putting up and the tearing down oh bless you tim yes i know i've i've amazing. seen it but i trust me i know the work that goes in <laughs> behind the scenes yes I, I got started accidentally um we were we were coming to follow the star to see ashley and lauren and uh drew in their roles mm-hmm. and one of the sets fell on ashley because oh. the wind oh. and so i ended up going directly to her scene and stood there for the rest of the night and held up the... No way. The, yes, that is, the very first year. Wow. Yes. In the, That was the first year? The yes. very that first was cold. year. It was, it was horrible. horrible. And it so you so stood cold. there in the cold. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that's and then you got recruited to to be the but logistics purpose. They, they purpose. moved us to the actor's tent. <laughs> Hospitality tent, okay. yes. And we just slowly migrated into other positions. Yeah. Angie, what do you do? Um, I help Karen with the drama and just the logistics of the actual night. Um, just making sure things go the way they're supposed to go. And yeah. um, the, the last two years, last year and this year here at the church, it's it's a lot easier. It's a lot warmer. Um, but two years in a row, does it make it a tradition? I don't know. So we'll have to for wait those of you guys that don't know, here's what's happening. December 4th and 5th. On Saturday and Sunday, Follow Star is happening at Fellowship Bible Church, right. not Kernstown Battlefield. 
We have not missed a step. We didn't miss a year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. People can stay in their own cars. They drive through. It's a driving experience mm -hmm. where they'll have narrations in their car that we will give them. There's QR codes. You can queue it up in your phone or even a CD if you need mm -hmm. that. Drive through, see the scenes, hear the stories. And this year, there's actually going to be cookies yes. that is at the end that will yes. be handed out. Our cookies are back. So that's exciting. So that's a nugget of what's yes. happening. And what you guys have been doing is you start and use Light Up the Night mm -hmm. to invite people yes. to go there. Mm -hmm. So... If you missed that, that's okay. Right. There's still opportunities to go to the lobby at Fellowship Bible Church, grab invitation cards, grab signs, invite your neighbors, invite your friends, because this is the gospel on display. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what I think maybe you guys said that you haven't been able to do, elaborate, because you're serving, you're volunteering. But to go through the experience, especially this year, being in the car, um, and we talked about this with, on the Sermon Spotlight this past week with Scott Santmeyer. How it's challenging to have follow-up happen mm -hmm. because there's not a big tent. There's not this big fun hoopla of music and cookies and where we can have conversations. That's going to happen in people's homes. That's mm -hmm. going to happen at coffee shops. That's going to be happening through invitations. So I know that you, give, you, you guys would like to do that, but elaborate a little bit about what you think people could do. <laughs> you mentioned just a little bit of those things, but what ideas can you throw out there to people of how they can engage after the fact? Um, I would definitely say to um, ask neighbors, um, especially the neighbors in your um, uh, your cul-de-sacs or on your street, but um, to really make a point of inviting your neighbors to follow the star. Um, and uh, if you have minivans, pile in a van together. Yeah, all come happen together, together, right? Yes, Yep. That's a great idea. Absolutely. Don't just stay in one. I mean, no, yeah. don't take multiple cars. Right. And uh, try to go together and then go out for dinner afterwards yep. or come back to your house for a Christmas party. Sure. And, Christmas party. Yes. I love and it. See, you're absolutely. full of ideas. Yes. I love it. Um, and Scott is a great resource for questions even to ask people. If you, if you don't know how to start that conversation, hmm. um, just to ask people. Uh, What's your favorite scene? Why did you like it? Or, you know, uh -huh. there's all kinds. Of, he's, what did you learn? Absolutely. Yeah. Throw up all kinds of questions. Yes. Yep. But um, I, to me, I think that your neighbors are the the best way That's to do it. That's the theme of our conversation, it sounds like. Our yes. neighbors. You know, yeah. building relationships with people that live near us that you see week in, week out. Maybe they're cutting their, their grass or maybe mm -hmm. they're walking a dog or maybe they've got the kids at the bus stop. You see them, engage them. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, there's one other thing I wanted just to highlight, and we talked about this as a church last week or two. Um, tomorrow, Saturday, November 13th, we're calling the whole church to go bless a neighbor. Believe it or not. I mean, why not? We're, we're engaged in this series of the sermons. We are talking about how can we overflow to the world around us. Just find one quick little easy opportunity that you can bless a neighbor. Might be cookies like you've talked mm -hmm. about. Might be... I don't know, raking leaves or helping them poopy scoop their yard with the dogs or something, <laughs> you name it. I mean, how can we bless a neighbor? And then they might just say, well, what is happening? Why are you doing this? There's your in. There's your in. And how cool is it that if several hundred people from Fellowship Bible Church around the community are doing that all at the same time, the same day, it's not noticed. <laughs> doesn't have to be noticed. Right. But go bless a neighbor, guys. So put that on your calendar. Knock it out. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being here, Tim and Angie. It's great Thank to you hear your story us. and 
encouraging, you know, just encouraging to say and motivating <laughs> to say, <laughs> I can do that. Doesn't take a rocket science to no. pull it off. No. Just takes an auto mechanic <laughs> right, to get it done, right? Well, for all of you guys listening and watching at home, continue to share your thoughts and ideas. Write in um, any of the things that you have been doing as well. We want to hear from you. And by the way, it does take certain people to help pull off these episodes in this podcast. And if you are interested to helping behind the scenes, we would love to have you get plugged in whether it be editing or doing sound stuff. There's all kinds of fun things that you can do here at the church, but for podcasts, we need help. So let us know if you want, want to do that. So thanks for watching and listening. And until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of your life each and every day.